Like we left the keys, we are back here on the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. Keep them coming. We love to hear them. We love to see it. Well, most of them. Some of them we don't want to see. Sometimes it gets a little dicey. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it gets a little dicey. But, but we still that, put it out there. We still want you to text. I mean, even if you're going to text something bad, we'll just not read it. We'll block you in the worst of scenarios, yes. and then we'll keep it on moving. We love to get our Dikembe on here on the Weston Walker Show. You know, I, yeah, I've only done it twice, and it had to be something overtly racist that I would yeah, block. probably and like three or four times. I've for you? Done. Yeah, I've seen it twice where i was like oh okay that crosses the line yeah. pretty quickly yeah just a, a psa if you guys text up here talking crazy telling us to shut the bleep up or talking to us like we're your children you're probably going to get blocked so if you enjoy texting us don't talk wild okay just keep it respectful you can disrespectfully i mean you can respectfully disagree with us you're more of a matumbo I think yeah. I'm I'm more, and that's to each their own on the block rate. My block percentage right now is more like PJ Washington. Okay. Like I, I I can go in there as a small ball five and I can protect gotcha. the rim, but I'm not out here going to be top five and block shots like a Rudy Gobert or anything like that. How'd that go last night? PJ Washington? Yeah. What do you mean? He played well, but PJ was <laughs> good last night. Did it translate to a win? <laughs> you, got you, you didn't look up a stat line, did you? He scored 32. Okay, there you go. Yeah. PJ was good last night. I mean, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, he missed one more three. I'm not going to get into a PJ. To, take us to the campus corner. That's right. Man. Time for the campus. You got Kona. it. All right, man. The Charlotte 49ers, man, they put forth a valiant effort against Memphis. They ran the ball a season high 39 times for 223 yards. And this was the team they were up double digits in the fourth quarter. They had a shot. Hashan Wilson rushed for a career high, 198 yards, second most in school history. And uh, Colin Weber had five receptions, 117 yards, including 103 in those in that yak category. And so they are three and four all-time in overtime games. But the fact that this was a matchup. That Charlotte was a big underdog in, didn't think they had much of a chance to take this thing to overtime. Granted, they squandered a lead. I looked at it as a lesson learned from them. I looked at it as a step in the right direction. And more so than some of the wins that they've had this year, I think this is a game that can make 49er fans hopeful of what's to come, especially after you know they had the bad loss and the suspensions that came with guys fighting and showing some immaturity. So, Walker, how hopeful did this game make you? Is Biff making hope float in the university area and beyond? The outlook was a little foggy for me, trying to make sense of a lead against Memphis, only two losses on the year, only one conference loss on the year. You have a close game against them, but also you do squander a lead, as you mentioned. Trexler Ivy, who allowed you to win the game two weeks ago when you beat Tulsa and you came back against Tulsa, he threw four interceptions in this game. He was 14 of 25. Among the 11 incompletions that he had, four of them were interceptions. So four of them were of the worst kind. And it's hard to win a game. It's hard to score 38 points when you have four interceptions. Right. That's what's nuts about all of this, but it's because of the rushing attack. This is what they want their identity to be. They don't want the four turnovers. They don't even want two. They want to be able to take care of the football, run it, have the offensive line, move guys around, and allow Wilson to get into the end zone or Darrell Robinson when he's back into the fold. That's somebody that I think is going to be toting the rock uh, quite a bit. This is as close to their identity to me, Wes, 
that they've been able to look this entire season, especially against good competition. I think you're right. It's tough to lose that kind of game just because you know it was on the other side. You almost beat Memphis. Almost did that at home. You gave these fans what they came for. After all that talk at the beginning of the season, you almost had it. Two and four, this is a big old swing game, kind of like you're playing in a series, whether it be in the NBA or whatever. It's that game four that makes it 3-1 or 2-2. Very big difference in that outcome. Kind of like what it was here in this conference. If you beat Memphis, you go 3-3. That's a respectable conference record. Now 2-4, it looks a lot uglier. And you almost had it. Even though, even then, I still think you're right. I feel more positive about the future than I do um, than I do negatively after the loss. What's left on the schedule for them? A 4-6 and six Rice and a 5-5 five and five South Florida, man. And when you put together a performance like what they did against Memphis, it makes you feel like you've got a shot at a minimum to me of one of those matchups for Charlotte to be able to get. I'm hoping for I'm hoping for at least another win. I think for me, if you get four victories for this team, the way that this squad started out on the season, I'll take four victories and then competitive in the other one. That's why we feel good about this loss against Memphis is because they were competitive and probably should have won if you didn't have those four interceptions from your quarterback. You got to figure out the QB stability. Is Ivy going to be your guy or not? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's given you some great performances. One at the beginning of the season, two weeks ago. Man, this one was bad. A QBR 11.5 with those four turnovers. So I, I do think that they can win one more game. And if they're competitive in both and they win one, I think I'll feel good about where Biff Pogey has this football team. All right, we're taking a look at the college football playoff rankings. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State round out your top four. And listen, man. The Georgia Bulldogs hammered Ole Miss this weekend. These guys haven't lost since 2021. They extended their school record winning streak for the regular season to 37 wins. That leads all of FBS. They're 43 and one in their last 44 games. 25 straight home games. 44 and four at home in the Kirby Smart era, including 13 and one against ranked opponents, and they have a 13 consecutive game win streak going against ranked opponents, 10-0 for the third straight year under Kirby Smart. I mean, goodness gracious. He's 91-15 overall. After what we saw from these guys, I came to an epiphany. Oh, Because okay. I've been wanting to broach this topic for the last few weeks. As you look laying over in the weeds like a black snake in North Carolina, it is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And you just sit there and you sleep on them. And Jalen Milrow is starting to make plays, starting to look like an unstoppable player. Alabama is just laying there waiting. And we are headed for another Georgia-Alabama matchup in the SEC championship game. And the potential, if Alabama can somehow defeat the juggernaut that is Georgia, you know the voters are going to have a hard time keeping both of them out of this thing. I'm tired of it. And the epiphany that I came into was that I'm here for expansion now. At first, I liked the top four battling it out, but now I'm here for expansion. I don't want to see Georgia and Alabama both in the playoffs. And I'm not saying it's 100% going to happen because I think the Pac-12 is going to have something to say for the state as well, so maybe it may be hard. But I just find a scenario hard to see where Georgia beat or loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game and they both don't get in. I don't want to see it anymore. They played a thousand times. I'm, I'm cool with it in the SEC championship game. But if they play in the playoffs, and I said to myself, you know how I talk about during the Super Bowl and during the college football playoffs, sometimes I flip around the channels to see what else is on because I'm like, who the hell is watching this instead of the game? 
if for some reason that scenario happened and those two bet the national championship game, I'm not watching it. Oh, no. Whoa. I'm not watching it. See, I'm I was, not watching it. Man. I was happy and proud of you yeah. for yeah. a while. I know. Yeah, nah, that man. took a I turn. I don't want to see it anymore, man. Come on. I'm... <laughs> You saw the light where we need playoff expansion. Five years ago, yeah. no, four teams was enough. Yeah. We need it now, A, because there's more teams worthy and capable of competing for a national championship. I don't get old seeing two Titans clash, though. But this is this is what I want to know, because this is a little enigmatic. Well, that's a big that's word. A word. Yeah, spell that, Dookie? <laughs> You say Dookie? Are you like, putting Kyle Singler on me? Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Here I am trying to agree with you, man. And then you just want to go Kyle Singler. It's the worst thing you could call me. But what I want to say is it's hard to figure it out because you're a star guy. I am. You're a star guy. Yeah. And Alabama, they are the stars of college football. Mm-hmm. Georgia have established themselves as the stars of college football. Mm-hmm. But a star guy don't want to see the stars in the championship game. Explain yourself. Well, the thing is, too, this Georgia team is very nondescript to me. There's not a ton of guys that I watch and I go, wow, like these guys to me are going to become stars. Like Carson Beck's playing great football, you know, and Kendall Milton, he reminds me of Todd Gurley. Not quite as explosive, but he reminds me of Gurley. He probably talked to me on a Carnival cruise ship, but not Todd Gurley. But anyway, get on. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm just saying that this matchup has just been over and over and over again. And I'm like, I am ready for some new blood. That's the thing I'm excited about, about this these playoffs. We could potentially get Florida State in there and potentially get a Pac-12 champion, which a Pac-12 champion should be in there. There's no reason they should be on the outside looking in. And I think at the end of the day, this is much ado about nothing. But I'm just saying, Alabama, I've just been watching over the last couple of weeks. They're just sitting there, just creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. And they look like a team. We know when these two get together, they do play great matchups. They're definitely capable of beating Georgia. And I'm just saying, if they get to that game and they beat Georgia, both of them are going to be in the playoffs, in my opinion. So, that's And they thing. should be. And I, but I don't want to see. You just don't want to see it. No, and I don't think you're I don't arguing see that the they championship. should be. Yeah, yeah. I know you're not. You're not arguing that whether they should or shouldn't. You're just saying you don't want to watch it anymore. I wouldn't call it an epiphany for myself, but I, I think one thing continues to grow more apparent. I there's nobody touching Nick Saban out there. There's just not. There, there's not anybody in the same neighborhood as Nick Saban as a coach. Because nobody thought. Everybody thought in the spring, the quarterbacks. People were saying this could be a seven-win Bama team, and look at them now. Hey, sh- shouts to Kirby Smart. <laughs> I will allow you to move into that neighborhood once you do it for 10, 15, 20 years. Okay. Oh, but what if he three-peats? We haven't seen that in the sport since the 1930s. Now that's compelling. I am right. a guy that likes to see stuff that. We don't see often or that we won't see again. So there's a compelling argument. No, it is. It's a compelling argument. The longevity is so impressive to me. And you might lose in the postseason, but more often than not, it's in the championship that you lose if you're Nick Saban. Once you get there. Now, they didn't get there last year. They got to the Sugar Bowl, and they won, by the way. There was none of this excuse about, oh, we don't care. We didn't get to the college football playoff, and so we're not going to play hard in the Sugar Bowl. No, they won, and that was a nice, I don't know about momentum, but it was a nice thing to end on. But, man, this is the this is the type of year that gets those guys coach of the year because we just expect it every single season. Mm-hmm. This was the first one where everything falls in line for you to lose early, Jalen Milrow doesn't look like a great thrower of the football, especially when you compare him to Bryce Young. 
and then they just turn out win after win after win. You can't give but me Miro's this. It didn't a have, problem. No, I know he is. No, yeah. but but we were not having that combo <laughs> right. at the beginning That's of the season. That's what I'm saying. He's turning into a problem. So so now he continues to put up you know, crazy stats, rushing, throwing. It doesn't matter. And now because of the lack of respect level that Alabama got at the beginning of the season, which was a real thing, here they are at eight, at nine and one with a chance to get to the playoff as much as anybody out there except for the undefeated squads then yeah this is the type of year that gets Nick Saban a coach of the year I just there's not anybody like it I mean who the last time he lost more than two games it was 2010 yeah it's the last time he lost more than two when Davos when he tries to tell you look at some of these you don't think coach Howard had a bad year Nick Saban hasn't and we tried to put you up there because you had some great moments but when you're doing it for a decade longer, that that's my semi-epiphany. Watching Nick Saban just say, I'm sorry, man. That longevity, you just can't mess with it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think it speaks to the discipline that they play with. Now, quick Heisman Trophy check-in. Can you guys guess who the new favorite is for the award right now, according to the sports book? I would have guessed Penix, though, but it's not. It is not. It is Bo Nix of Oregon. Okay. And I got to give Bo Nix his credit. I was not a big fan of his. I thought he was vastly overrated coming out of high school once I got to watch him play at Auburn. But, man, he's playing some hella fine football. And right now he is plus one. I like hella fine. Yeah, Fiddy, me and you both like We like yeah, that. Yeah, he is uh, <laughs> plus 110 right now in the Heisman odds. He's your leader. Michael Penick is plus 280. And I believe this is according to Fox Bet. Uh, Jaden Daniels of the 350-plus passing yards, 250-plus rushing yards variety is number three at yeah. plus 480. Harrison is also tied with him. Then you go Carson Beck. Milrow and Jordan Travis uh, are both plus 5,000. And then J.J. McCarthy has dropped all the way to plus 10,000. I feel like Travis should be a little bit higher, and that's not ACC bias. I just think he's played really great football. But it's hard to argue right now. But there are some big games left to be played. Pac-12 championships, big Pac-12 games, SEC games, all of that stuff. The game, Michigan and Ohio State. But who is you guys' uh, Heisman favorite right now? It's tough for me to say. I think Penix is still the guy because there are a lot of offensive games. Washington's defense, it, it allows you to put up a ton of stats with every single victory because they're not very good. But the fact is they keep winning because that offense is so explosive, because Penix has not only talented receivers, but he's so accurate downfield. I think right now I would still give it to him. But this one's tough. I, we, we don't – I don't feel like we have this many guys. I mean, you went down the list, and I kept saying, oh, there's a case for him. Oh, there's a case for him. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, him too. I don't feel like there's been this amount of volume for guys that could go to New York City and actually win this thing. What do you right. think, Fitty? I, I, I don't see how it's not Michael Penisca's award. If they, if they win this weekend on the road in Corvallis, look at the resume this guy has. He beat Oregon. He went to USC and beat Caleb Williams in a shootout. Beat Utah at home in a ranked-on-ranked -ranked matchup. On the road this week against the top 15, very good, underrated Oregon State team. So I know what Bo Nix is doing. Like his completion percentage is like 78%. He's doing some legitimate stuff, but he lost in the biggest game of the year to Michael Penix Jr. I'd imagine that would give him the nod in terms of getting this award. Well, it looks like they're headed towards a rematch, though, in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, I think that's what one. we could get to see again, but there's still a lot to be said. But really quick, there's been a lot of cases made for Jaden Daniels over the last couple of weeks. And people talk about how the Heisman Trophy Award used to be about the nation's best player. And when they said that, I used to think about guys like Troy Davis that played on mediocre teams, the running back from Iowa State that ran for over 2,000. But, I mean, you look at Jaden Daniels' numbers. 372, 234, 5 TDR versus Florida. 
I mean, against Army, 279 passing. All, uh, I mean, against Army, against Auburn, he goes 325, 93 yards rushing, 259 and a buck 30 on Missouri. I mean, he's putting up. There's nobody putting up crazier numbers than him. He's what do you guys get, think about Jaden Day? He's going to get Lamar Jackson. That's what's going to happen. Right, Lamar Jackson got away with the Heisman the first time. The second time, he might have put up better numbers. There was a little bit of fatigue, so you're going to skip the first part. Jaden's not going to win, but they're going to remember when Lamar put up crazy stats and their team just wasn't as good as some of these other squads. It's going to happen. Lamar Jackson, he's going to go to New York, I think. The stats are too crazy, but he's not going to win.